Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Won't you turn with me, if you will, to Isaiah, and we're going to look in the 43rd chapter, and we'll read verses 18 through 21. I want you to see some things here that the prophet Isaiah said. And some people said, well, yeah, that's Old Testament. So is the Psalms. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, it, the, Jesus didn't do away with the Old Testament. He fulfilled it. Amen. And so we can go back and find truths in the Old Testament that are, you know, for us today also. Amen. God didn't change. You know, a lot of people say, well, we're not under the Old Testament. Well, you know, God said he hated lying and cheating and, you know, on the Old Testament. Guess what? He still hates that under the New Amen? I mean, God was a healer in the Old Testament, but he's still a healer under the New Testament. Amen? God was for his people under the Old Testament. He's still for his people in the New Testament. So, there, you know, see, we just bring these things up and read them in light of what's going on and let the Spirit of God speak to us. But here, the, the prophet, he says this. He says, he says, do not remember the former things. Notice that? That's a good word for us as we're starting off this new year, isn't it? Do not remember the former things, he says, nor consider the, the things of old. He says, Behold, I do a new thing. I will do a new thing. Now, it shall you not know it? It shall spring forth. And he goes on, he says this, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, and, and the beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I will give drink to my people, my chosen. This people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. I believe that's a word for this year. I believe it's a word for us right now. And notice the very first thing the prophet says is this. He says, don't remember the things. Don't concentrate. Don't, don't be fixated on the things in the past. Amen. You know, the, the apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, the very same thing, verse 13 and 14, he said this. He said, I haven't apprehended yet, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I press forward to those things which are ahead. Amen. What's Paul saying? He says, I'm not going to live in yesterday. I'm pressing forward to those things that God has before me. My vision is in front of me, not behind me. Hallelujah. Are you listening? And so then he goes on, he says, and I press toward that mark for the prize of the high calling, that upward calling in Christ. What was Paul saying? I'm pressing on and on and on into the very things that God has for me. I appreciate what he's done for me. I appreciate that he, what he's brought me out of. But you know what? I've not nearly gotten to where God wants me to be yet. Amen. And I believe this is what the prophet Isaiah is telling his people and telling us today. I believe he's speaking it to us. And he says, don't, don't get caught up in your past. Don't live in yesterday. He said, forget those things. Because why? God said, I'm going to do a new thing. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, how many of you know that the new thing God is going to do is not new to him? Amen. It's new to us, but it's not new to him, praise God, because God keeps doing it over and over and over again. And every generation, they, we go, whoa, this is a new thing. Hallelujah. God says, yeah, and the generation before you said the same thing. Hallelujah. Because he's never, he's never changing. He's always God. He's always wanting to do things. But notice here that God speaks to the people here, and he says, I'm going to make a way or a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know what God is saying? He's saying if you've been, been, if you've been in a dry place in your life, if you're finding yourself in a drought, you're finding yourself in a wilderness, you're wandering around, guess what God's saying? I'm making a road for you to get out of that. 
I'm preparing a path for you to come out of anything that's caused you hurt, harm. Amen? And then notice what God says. He says, now I'm going to bring rivers in the desert. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready to come out of the dry season. Amen? Huh? And I'm ready to come over into a rainy season where God's pouring out his spirit and they're sending refreshing. Now, why is God doing all of this? If, you know, people say, well, the ostrich is this and that, da, da, da. No, get your eyes off that. Go on to the next verse. And he says, this people have I formed for myself. They shall praise my name. They shall give me praise. Why is God wanting to do these new things? He is ready to form a people that are so Submitted, so committed, so excited about the things of God that we become a praise in the earth. Amen. How many of you know God wants to bring us out of complaining, fussing, feeling bad, feeling down, sick, defeated, woe is me, complaining, and bring us over into a place where we begin to drink in of the rivers of living water, and all of a sudden we begin to feel the presence of God in our lives again, and God begins to do new things. See, we're the key to God doing a new thing. Amen. He's not doing a new thing for his sake. He's doing a new thing for our sake. He's wanting to bring us out of a dry Christianity. He's wanting to bring us out of a barely get along existence and bring us over into a place where we're excited, that we're full of life, that we're producing. When you bring, what, what happens when you bring a river water into a dry desert place? It begins to blossom. Amen. And so what God is saying is this, I'm ready to pour my spirit out in such a new way that my church is going to begin to rise up and produce fruit and bring glory and praise to my name, and I'm going to be glorified in the world. Hallelujah. Amen? God's glory is coming, folks. We just sang about it. Did you really believe what you were singing? Amen? Because, you see, God wants to do this. He's, he's calling us. You see, you've got to understand something, what God's purpose is. Remember what Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10? He, he, he said this, but you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, or a God-centered people. Why? That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. See, God doesn't want us living in desert places. He doesn't want us living in darkness. He doesn't want us living in defeat. He doesn't want us to live in a place of murmuring and complaining and woe is me and how we're going to make it. God wants to show you, I'll make a way to get you out of that, and then I'll make a river come in and cause you to be so filled up with a fresh anointing that you'll begin to pro proclaim and declare my praises in all the world. And then 1 Peter 2.10, he says this, here's where you're going to do it. Who are now the people of God. You were not the people of God. You weren't even recognized, but now you are the people of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul says in Ephesians 2 that we're citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And so God says, here's what I'm doing. I want to move in such a way that you act like kingdom citizens. I want to move in such a way that out of your mouth and out of your actions flow praise and worship, and you're proclaiming the things of God, and you begin to show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness, out of darkness. I'm, I, I don't live in darkness. I walk in the light, amen? And so Isaiah, I believe, is speaking a word that God is wanting to do in our lives right now, amen? I believe this is a 2021 message, praise God, amen? That it's time for the church. See, everything, when God does things, you know, we're praying, well, we're praying for revival. What's that mean? Sinners are going to get saved and come in and revive the church? 
Come on, Peter said judgment begins in the house of God. So what, what, what's God saying? He said, for my people to have drink. The very first thing God has to do if he's going to reach out in the world is he has to pour his spirit into his church, into a thirsty, dry church that wants it, that will begin to rise up then and proclaim his praises and begin to show forth his praises and walk out of the darkness and live in the light and be an example, be a witness and a testimony to the rest of the world that you don't have to live in darkness either. You can come out of your darkness and come into the light of God you can come out of your hurts and come into the healing of God. You can come out of your struggles and come over into the peace of God. Come on. Because they're seeing it in us, then all of a sudden it begins to entice them to want to come in and get a drink of that water also. Hallelujah. Because if that river will do that much for me, it'll do that much for them too. Amen. And so we begin to be carriers of the water of God. We begin to be carriers of the things of God. And God begins to bring revival in a nation. Remember what, what the, 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 you know, David said, and actually, you know, it's recorded in the Second Chronicles there that in chapter 7 he said listen he said in verse you know we always read seven fourteen, but you ever read 13 he says if I hold back the rain if I send the pestilence and he said you know and I cause the your crops to plunder and, and the enemy comes against basically saying this if I hold back the spirit of God and you find yourself sick and defeated and the enemy is raging on you that's the curse of the law he said how do you get this fixed he tells you in the next verse if my people See, things get fixed when God's people begin to come out of the desert places, become to come, begin to come out of the darkness, begin to come out of the hurts, and begin to drink into the water of God and find God's road out of that mess and get over into where God wants you to be. Amen? Did you ever read over there where Paul said that, that, you know, in every test and trial that comes upon you, it's common to man. But in every test and trial, he wrote to the Corinthians, he said, with every test and trial, God has already prepared a way for you to escape and get through that thing. You know, no matter what you're going through right now, do you understand that God already has a road to get you out of your desert and get you over into his oasis so you can walk out of that and walk in victory? Amen. The key to it is for us to discover that and find that and begin to walk in that, praise God. Amen? Now, look over in Luke's gospel, the fifth chapter. In Luke chapter 5, and this is where I really want to tie this in and get to, this, this to me, is, this is where the Lord Jesus shows us the process on how we can become the praisers of God, walk in a fresh anointing of God, and begin to th see the things of God come to pass in our lives. Amen? He says in Luke chapter 5, we'll begin in verse 33. He says this, Then they said to him, Why do your disciples, or the, the disciples of John, fast often and make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees and yours eat and drink? In other words, they said, Why are we going through all this stuff and yours aren't? Okay? And Jesus said to them, Can, can you make the, the, the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them he said but the days will come there's days coming there's a new time coming that's what he's talking about there's a new season coming what's going to happen he says but the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them then they will fast in those days now what's he talking about jesus is saying i am about to bring a new season and a new age in a new time into the world I'm going to do my part, and then I'm going to be taken away. I'm going to go be seated in heaven, 
at the right hand of God, and I'm going to be the head of the church. And during those days, my disciples then are going to have to carry my anointing, and they're going to have to make the consecrations, and they're going to have to do the fasting. They're going to have to do the praying. They're going to have to do the one. They're going to be the ones that are actually going to be the, the carriers of the water of the word and the anointing of God to the nations of the world. Amen. Jesus is talking about a new season coming. He's talking about bringing us into that place where we get to do his things under his authority. Amen? But in these next verses, I'm going to show you three things the Lord says is going to have to happen before you and I can begin to do those things that the Lord's called us to do. Okay? First of all, let's read down here through, from beginning in, in, in verse 35. He says, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Uh, otherwise, the, the new one makes the old one. And also, it, it, the, it, the piece that was, uh, you know, taken out of the, the old or the new does not match the old. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, I'm not going to do a patchwork in your life. You understand that? I'm not going to take your old life and put a little bit of new in it, and, and you're going to be a garment with old and new in it. You understand that when God begins to work in your life, he doesn't do a patchwork in you? Are you listening to me? God doesn't just make you where you can barely get along. God doesn't just come along and fix a little thing. God wants to fix everything. Are you hearing me? See, this is the thing. When I gave my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, he didn't come in and patch up the old me. He made me a new me. Amen? 2 Corinthians 5, you know, 5 over there in verse 17 does say, if any person's in Christ, most of them's a new creature. The parts that needed it got new. No, no, everything's new. And that's what the Lord's saying. He's saying in this new season, I'm going to do such a wonderful work in your life that you're not going to be the old person that, that had the problems that needed, had the holes and had the struggles. He said, I'm not just going to patch your problems up. I'm going to make you a brand new garment. I'm going to do a new thing in your life. Amen. And, and then he goes down here and he says, he begins to talk to us then uh, about the, what he's going to do. And, and we pick it up here. In verse 37, it says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. Then he finishes it off by saying it this way, and we'll come back to this last verse here, verse 39 later on. And, and no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires the new, for he says the old is better. Now, notice that the Lord Jesus, he starts off and he says, listen, there's coming a day when my disciples are going to begin to do my works. They're going to fast. They're going to pray. They're going to be doing all these wonderful things. And he says, and here's the thing, I'm not going to do a patchwork with them. I'm going to, be a, I'm going to do a new work in them. I'm going to make everything brand new in their lives. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to redo them. And then he goes into new wine and wineskins. He says, you don't take new wine and put it in old wineskins. He says, if you do, the old wineskins will burst and break apart and you'll lose the wine in the skin. He says, but new wine must be put into new wineskins. Actually, that word there in verse 38, new, is two different Greek words. The first word where he says new wine, it means brand new wine. Okay, but when he says new wineskins, it means renewed wineskins. 
So one is brand new and one is renewed or refreshed. Amen? Meaning what? The Lord is saying this. When I come, I'm not going to raise up a whole new group of people. I'm going to take my people and I'm going to renew them so that I can pour into them a new anointing and a fresh anointing of the wine of the Holy Spirit so they can be vessels that can be used by me. Amen? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God is not going to do a new thing and not use us? But the thing God is saying is this. I can't use an old, wrinkled up, hard, crusted wineskin if I'm going to pour in new wine and bring a new movement. And you've got to understand something. When Jesus is teaching here, he's not, the emphasis isn't on the new wine. The emphasis is on the container. Are you hearing me? The work isn't the new wine. The work is the wine skin. And Jesus is saying, before I can do a new thing and pour out my spirit, I need to do some work on my wine skins, on my containers, on my bottles. Amen? You and I are the wine skins. We're the bottles, praise God. And God is saying, I don't want to try to use you until I do something for you. And we could say it like this. I actually uh, had written this down because God gave it to me. And it's this. Before God can do a new thing with us, he has to do a new thing in us. Are you hearing me? Before God can do a new thing with me, he's got to do a new thing in me. Now, this is the thing you've got to get to understand. I, I did some research on this. And, and when to renew an old wineskin, you know what I'm talking about, the wineskins. When you look at the, you know, the, the, the desert things, they'd have the wineskins made out of leather. And, you know, they had the thing around it and, top, and they'd fill it up with their, their fluids. And that's what kept them alive. Amen? And wineskins were the same way. Well, the reason you couldn't put new wine in an old wineskin is because after a period of time, the old wineskin, it gets a little hardened, it gets dirty, it gets brittle. And when that new wine gets in, it would expand and it would burst and you'd lose everything and you'd die. Amen? And God is speaking to us through this parable and he's showing us, he's saying this, I want to pour out, and the new wine represents the Holy Spirit. Amen? And we're the containers that God is wanting to pour the new wine into. But there was a three-step process, actually a two-step process, to get us ready for this new wine. The first step in, in renewing an old wineskin was you had to wash it. It had to be washed with water. Actually, I, I, I looked it up, and it meant to submerge it completely underwater until all the contaminants were washed inside and out of it. They would take these old wineskins instead of getting rid of them and, and discarding them because they had their season. I'm glad I, I haven't had my full season yet, amen? And instead of discarding that wineskin, what they would do is, is they would take it and they would open it up and they would submerge it in the water and they would work with that thing and clean it until all the, the dirt and all the junk and everything that had, had defiled it and had, it had collected over the years would be washed completely out of it and that wineskin would then be purged. Well, how does God clean us with water? In Ephesians chapter 5, what did he say? He said that we are sanctified by the washing of the water of the word amen do you ever read that in verses 26 and 27 and he says why does he do that so that he can take every spot and every wrinkle out of us and make us holy amen 
So what's the first thing we need to do as believers and as a church if we're going to be the vessels that God is going to use to reach out and bring revival to our nation? We need to submerge ourselves in the Word of God. Hallelujah. I mean, we got to get back in the Word until that Word cleanses our thinking. Remember what he said? Renew your mind through the Word of God. And then we need to get in the Word until it cleanses us from, from every, every wrong attitude and every wrong thing and, and, and that we're just totally submitted back to the Word of God. See, the Word of God can change your attitude. Come on, the Word of God. You know, how you, you know how love is perfected in your heart? 1 John 2, 5 says love is perfected by keeping the Word of God, by doing the Word of God. Well, you know, if I, well, I, just, I just hate everything around me. Well, you're an old wise skin. We need to, to submerge you in the washing of the water of the Word until we get that cleaned out of you. Hallelujah. Amen. And so the first thing that you had to do was you had to wash that thing. And folks, every one of us need to get before God and say, Lord, wash everything that's contaminating out of my life. Lord, sanctify me unto yourself. Cleanse me, Lord, from, from attitudes maybe I've picked up over the years or, or things that have gotten in that, that have, have had a problem. Lord, just begin to wash me. What's that mean? That means I need to open up my mind and my heart to God's word again. Amen. I got, and if my opinion doesn't line up with the word, I make my opinion line up with the word. And I let that word begin to do a cleansing. But you see, you just don't ask God to cleanse you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, let's, let's look at that one for real quickly. 2 Corinthians 7, 1 tells me that I've got a part to play also in this cleansing process with the word of God. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, he says this, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, so he's talking to Christians, we all have these promises. What are we supposed to do with these promises? He says, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness, of the flesh and of the spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Woo. Do you know that from the, the moment you, you, you become a wineskin, the first thing that gets involved in your life is the word? You know, Peter said that we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Amen. You know, John 15, 3, Jesus spoke to the disciples and said, now are you clean through the words that I've spoken to you? Woo, Hallelujah. So I'm born of the word, I'm cleansed by the word, and then God says he gives us all these promises, and all these promises are yes and amen, and God says, now I want you to do this. I want you to go into the word of God, and if there are areas in your life that aren't lining up with God, just take that word and clean it off. Somebody says, how long do I have to stay there till we can't see any junk in you? <laughs> amen? Because we can't, we can't do the next step until we get you cleansed. Amen? And you know, Christianity is a constant process of cleaning. Anybody besides me need a constant process of cleansing? <laughs> Why? Because that's a nasty, mean, dirty world out there. And you see, the reason you need the wineskins is, is not just for me, but the reason I need to be a clean wineskin is because there are a lot of people out there thirsty and dry and dying and hurting. And they're going to need what God wants to put in me to be able to come out of me without any kind of hindrances whatsoever. Amen. And so the first process is what? I'm going to let God cleanse me with the washing of the water of the word. And I'm going to get involved. And I'm going to cleanse myself. I'm going to take God's promises and everything that's contaminating, everything that's hindering, everything that's keeping me out of God's plan and purpose. I'm going to get rid of it. Praise God. I'm going to align myself with the Word of God. 
Amen. Now, the second process that they used was this. They would rub oil into the, into the wineskin. They would take olive oil most of the time, and they would take this oil, and they would rub that oil into the wineskin. In Psalm 92.10, he says, Lord, exalt my horn like that of a wild ox. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I'm anointed with fresh oil. Hallelujah. What's the oil for? The oil was rubbed into the wineskin. After it was cleansed by the washing of the water of the word, it's, the oil is rubbed in to make that wineskin pliable and yielded to whoever needs it. Amen? So it can stretch. You know what God wants to do? He wants to anoint you and me with oil. The oil is for me. The oil isn't for you. The oil is for me. I need fresh oil for me. Why? Because I need to stay submitted to God. I need to be pliable. I need to be able to be used of God. If God wants to use me in a certain way, I need to be full of the anointing of oil and rub with oil so that I yield to God. See, God doesn't want to have to just squeeze the wineskin in the same place every time. But if that wineskin isn't yielded and oiled up and pliable, then he's got to do it the same way every time or he can't get any results. Amen? Plus, in Isaiah 10, 27, uh, the New King James says that it's the anointing oil that destroys the yoke. Amen? See, whenever they would, when anybody was anointed in the Old Testament and New, what they would do is they would take oil and put upon them. Remember when David was anointed, he took the flask and broke it and put it, you know, put the horn of oil on David. Samuel did and, and ministered to him, and he was anointed to be king. And if you go through the, the scriptures, anybody that was anointed to do something, they would put oil on them. They would anoint them with oil. And, and God speaks to the prophet, and he says this. He says, he says, the yoke shall be destroyed and the burden shall be lifted away. Because of the anointing oil. What's God wanting to do? Why does, he, why does he want to wash us in the word? Why do we need to be word people today? Because he needs to keep us cleansed from the contaminations of the world. Keeping our thought processes pure. Keeping our hearts pure. Keeping our desires right. Putting us in a place where our faith is built on the word of God, not somebody's opinion. Amen? And then why does God want to anoint us with fresh oil? He wants to anoint us with fresh oil so that we're yielded to him. And he can use us to bring blessing to the nations. Amen? And God wants us anointed with oil so that we can also have yokes and stuff destroyed out of our lives. Amen. You know, Isaiah 61.3 says that, that when instead of mourning, we're supposed to put on the garments of praise, and he's to anoint us with the oil of joy. Amen. You know what, about 90% of the church, Pastor, you know what they need? The anointing of joy. Hallelujah. We need to get enough oil on us until we get some joy back in our lives. And see, a lot of people don't understand. What, what do you mean, the oil of joy? I'm talking about this. James said, when you find yourself in a test, count it all joy. Notice he didn't say count it all laughter, count it all happiness, count it all wonderful. If you think being in a test is a time of laughter and happiness, I need to pray for you. It's not. The test was not sent to cause you to be happy. <laughs> Amen. How many of you found out that when you're on a real test, it's not a happy time? And God doesn't say, count it all happy. But what does he say? Count it all joy. Why? Because joy 
is a fruit of the Spirit. It's the power of God operating in you. And joy begins to rise up on the inside of you. And that joy begins to give you a different attitude. Instead of moaning and groaning and murmuring and complaining, why me, Lord? Then all of a sudden the joy rises up. And instead of sitting there saying, I'm just going to quit, you start going, praise God. God, I'm going to praise the Lord through this. I'm going to count this all joy. It's not joy, but I'm going to make it joy. And Lord God, what the devil meant for my bad, I'm going to turn for my good. And it's not going to affect my attitude. It's not going to affect what I do. I'm going to rise up in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm an overcomer, and I'm counting this all joy. And my joy is undergirding my faith, and my faith is being undergirded by my patience and persistence. And I'm coming out of this thing without wanting one thing. I'm coming out of this thing victorious because instead of doing what the devil wanted me to do, I've got the all of joy operating in my life, and I'm going to just stay pliable to God, surrender to God, and God's going to have his way in my life. Amen? Come on, folks. We need the all. And thank God we can get anointed with fresh oil every day of our life. Hallelujah. You have to get up in the morning and say, Lord, here I am, your wineskin this morning. I thank you that your word's working in my life, and I ask you to just anoint me with fresh oil right now. Why? Because I want to be yielded and surrendered to you in everything I do all this day. Amen? So, now, God has washed us, and he's anointed us all. Why? Because God doesn't want to touch or try to put his new wine in some old filthy rack. Amen? God doesn't want to reach down there and say, ooh, that thing is dirty. What's God say? Now, before I put my new wine in that stuff, I'm going to clean that thing up. Amen? So God cleanses us. God anoints us. Then what does God do? He pours in the new wine. He pours in the anointing of God. What's the purpose of the new wine? The purpose of the new wine is to be poured out to people. See, the container is, is, is fixed and made whole so what's in it can be a blessing to everybody around it. Are you hearing me? See, the reason I'm a container anointed with oil, washed in the water, and filled up with the Spirit of God is so that I can be a blessing to those people around me. I've got something in me that will help change their life. Remember what's, what, what, what uh, the Lord Jesus told the disciples in Acts 1.8? But you shall receive power. When? After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Why do I have that power coming upon me, Lord? And you shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen? Why does, why does God give me the power? See, this is the thing. The new birth is for my sake, but the power is for your sake. Are you hearing me? Just like I said, the oil of the Spirit is for my sake, but the power of the wine of the, new, of the Holy Spirit is for your sake. It's so I can pour into you, praise God. And God can work in my life and work through my life. But it's also this. Look in Ephesians chapter uh, uh, 5 again. Let's look over here. Is this all right? Praise God. You getting this? See, I believe God's doing some good things and he's going to do great things. But what God is wanting is renewed wineskins. He's wanting a group of people that are yielded to him and surrendered to him and anointed by him and washed in the water of his word. And that, that, are, that, that we're not looking back, but we're looking ahead. And we're soft and pliable and ready to surrender and yield it to God so that he can put in us what he wants to pour out to everybody around us. Amen? Hallelujah. 
Look in Ephesians 5. What happens whenever you get full of the new wine? He says this, And be not drunk with, with wine which is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Notice he's talking, he's, he's, he's just relating the Spirit with being the, the wine. And he says, be filled with the Spirit. Uh, one translation says, be continuously filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. What's that mean? Once God gets you prepared, he wants to continuously pour the new wine into you. Why? Because he wants to continuously, constantly be pouring it out of you. Are you listening to me? God doesn't want half full wineskins. He wants us full every day. Hallelujah. Why? Because every day he wants you to be a blessing to somebody. Every day he wants to use you to change somebody's life. Every day he wants to use you to pray something in. Every day he wants to use you to be a witness. Every day he wants to hear praise come out of your mouth. Every day God wants to do something great in your life. And God wants you washed in his word. He wants you anointed with his oil. And he wants you filled up with his Holy Spirit. So you can be that vessel of glory and honor that brings him glory and honor. Amen? Notice what he says here when you begin to get filled. This is what he says in the next verse. He says, speaking to one another. See, when I get full of the new wine of God, it'll, it'll open my mouth up. Well, I just don't have the boldness to speak like that, Brother Huffman. Well, you get filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We'll lay hands on you, and you'll run around here, jump, carry on, act like crazy people. Hallelujah. And won't really care that that person sitting back there that you didn't want to see act like that. Because it don't matter anymore. Hallelujah. Because you got to hold of something that's real. See, a lot of people think, well, you know what? Blessed be God. I'd get filled with the Holy Ghost, but these people get fanatical. Listen, if you weren't a fanatic before you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you won't be after you get one. Well, I'd go up here and get full of that Holy Ghost, but I don't want to become crazy like you. Listen, it wasn't, if somebody's crazy, it wasn't Holy Ghost made them crazy. They was crazy before they got the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> Amen. The Holy Spirit blesses people. The Holy Spirit glorifies God. Amen. So, so don't blame all that stuff on the, on the Lord. Well, they're just crazy down there. Well, they was crazy before they went down there then. But if you keep coming here, we'll get the craziness out of you and get you to the place where God can work with you and get glory. He says, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that good? See, that's what God's wanting in this hour. A lot of people are saying, well, is God going to do this and this and this and this? The first thing God wants to do is he wants to renew his wineskins. First thing God wants to do is he wants to wash us with the washing of the word and, and get all the hurt and all the bitterness and all the stuff out of us. Amen? Then God wants to anoint us with fresh oil so that we're yielded to him again. And we're enjoying life. Amen? Are you hearing me? See, a lot of Christians have stopped enjoying life. That's why they're having such oppression and so, so many emotional problems and stuff. It's because we've allowed the contaminations of everything that's going on. Just our, our vessels have just gotten all dusty and dirty. God wants to wash us continuously with the water of the Word. He wants to continuously rub the oil of the Spirit into us. And He wants us every day to get up before Him and say, Lord, I'm not going to fill my container with the world. I'm going to fill my container with the new wine of the Holy Ghost today. Amen. And I ask you continuously today, fill me up so that I can continuously be poured out to be a blessing to somebody else. Now, to finish this, Jesus said in that 39th verse, he said, Now people that have drank the old wine are not readily to go into drinking the new because they think the old is better. 
Now, here, here's what he's saying. That's why Isaiah said, don't remember the things of the past. Because if you've been in any kind of move in the past, unfortunately, a lot of times we think God's moving today. Well, that's not the way he did it then. Well, I can remember 30 years ago whenever I was in this meeting with so-and-so, and we they didn't do that, you know. Well, you see, this is the thing. You cannot look back when the when the, the, the Old Testament you read over there, and they rebuilt the temple, and some of the older folks who had seen the original temple wept when they saw the new one because they didn't think it was half the glorious of the old one. But the new people shouted and praised and ran around and had a great day. Why? Because they were excited to have the temple back. And the old ones were comparing between what's God doing now and what he did then. It was better back then. Trouble is, if it's better back then, that means that you've got a wrinkle in your sense, your, 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 your bottle. Meaning what? Why does God need to cleanse us and renew us and fill us? Because he wants to be able to use you anyway, not only one way. See, after a wineskin is used so much, people would have a habit. Have you ever noticed that we, we form habits? Huh? You know, you know what's wrong with the church? We start off with a revelation. And everything we're doing is out of revelation. Woo, hallelujah, glory to God. But the trouble is, then it becomes a ritual. See, revelation goes from a revelation, you're doing it because it's real in your heart, to a ritual. It's a routine. Now you're doing it because you've gotten into the routine. Church sometimes turns, it started off as a revelation. Here's what we're going to do. And everybody jumps in, everybody's excited about it. And then over a period of time, we just do it. And we don't really realize why we're doing it, we just do it. It's become a ritual, it's become a routine. And then the trouble is, after a period of time, it becomes a religion. And if you try to change that service up, they will fire you and hire a new person. Because you ain't changing. We've been doing it this way. It ain't going to be done. See, you got one place that that thing can fold. And if you try to fold it another way, you're out of here. And so the Lord is saying, here's what I want you to do. I want to get you out of religion. I want to get you out of ritual. I want to get you back to revelation. And I want you to become a new wineskin that I can squeeze you any way I want to squeeze you. And you'll say, yes, Lord. Because you don't have an old wrinkle or a crease that's a religious dogma in your life that's keeping you from being used of God. Amen? So you know what I think we need to do in this hour that we're living? I think we as the church, we need to get before God and say, Lord, wash me, cleanse me, and purge me. Lord, bring revelation knowledge back into me. And Lord God, anoint me with fresh oil. Because when you get to pouring out the new wine, I want the lid off and the bottle ready. And I want to be a vessel of honor, bringing glory to you that you can use. You can even squeeze me out to touch somebody that I disagree with. You can even use me to bless somebody that's been a pain to me. Because I'm a new wineskin, renewed in the power of God, and I'm yielded to God. And God, you can use me to go bless somebody that's actually spewed hatred towards me. Because now, it's not a religion, it's not a ritual, it's a revelation. I'm living in the revelation of who I am in Christ every day. And you know what happens when that starts taking place in the church? 
you better start going to multiple services because people want in on that. Because now we're sharing the right thing with them. We're sharing Jesus with them. Amen? And he is the healer of all things. Let's pray. Father, we thank you now and praise you for the word. And Lord God, I thank you today that you're not going to do a patchwork. You're not just going to patch a, a new piece on old things. But Lord God, today I thank you that you're just going to cleanse us and purge us. And Lord God, I thank you that there are other vessels out there that you're going to bring in. But Lord, you're not going to discard us to use them. You're going to use us all. And I thank you this morning, Lord, for showing yourself mighty and strong. And I thank you, Lord God, today that as we, we stand before you, we make the decision to be those renewed wineskins. And, Lord, we ask you today to wash us and cleanse us and purge us and, and, and free us up from things that would hinder us. And, Lord, anoint us with a fresh all. And, Lord, pour in your spirit. And we just yield ourselves to you right now. While heads are bowed, eyes are closed, and each one of us are looking at our own heart. Are you, this day, a Holy Ghost container that's yielded to God, that's ready to have this new anointing poured into and upon? See, God wants to do a new work in each one of us, and that's really what this whole message is about. God getting us ready for a new thing. Before God can do a new thing, He's got to do a new thing in us. And each one of us have to take a moment and say, Lord, are there any things in my life? Is there something there that would contaminate? Wash it out. Cleanse me from it. Set me free from it. Then every one of us need to be as David. Lord, this day anoint me with fresh oil. This day pour into me that fresh anointing that makes me pliable again, makes me yielded to you. That whenever you squeeze, I respond. Whenever you speak, I say, here I am. Whenever you unction me, I yield because I'm not stiff. I'm not set in my ways. I don't have just one way of doing it. I know that you're a God of more than enough, and I ask you to pour your spirit into and upon me right now. If you're here today, and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the first step in becoming that wine skin that God uses to be a blessing and is to come out of that desert, to, to follow the path, the, the road that Jesus makes. And Jesus said the road that leads you out of the desert of destruction and sin is believing in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that God raised him from the dead, and that he is Lord, and then asking him into your heart. That's the first step. That's how you become a new wineskin. Is by asking Jesus in your heart. And then if you've already done that, but you find yourself without any power, without any anointing, actually you just find, you just feel defeated, broken. Sometimes we just need to go to the Lord. And 1 John 1, 9 says we confess our sins. That doesn't mean I, I just tell God how bad I am. and just say, God, I'm sorry. I ask you to clean up anything out of my life that's been a hindrance in my life. And you ask God to wash all that junk out and heal you from it, set you free from it. And then once you've done that, then you say, Lord, now that you've cleansed me, 
fill me. And you can be filled with that new wine of the Holy Spirit. God can pour His Spirit into and upon you until out of you flows life. Out of you flows healing. Out of you flows love. Out of you flows forgiveness. Out of you flows all the good things of God because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He releases out of you all the wonderful good things that God has. And you see, we're the vessel that God stores all those good things in. That's why we have to see this. That's why I preach this message. God doesn't do things outside of us. He does things through us. We get to be, we get the privilege, I should say, of being those wineskins filled up with the things of God. And we get to pour into others things that save their lives, heal their lives, deliver their lives, and bring victory into their lives. That's who we are. That's what we do. This morning, right where you're at, if you need to make some commitments to the Lord, either you need to give your life to the Lord, you need to say, Lord, help me, wash me, cleanse me, just lift your hand up to the Lord, and we'll just pray right there where you're at. Okay, let's look at it this way. If you know you are a new wineskin, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and Jesus is your Lord, I want you to stand up all over this house. Come on, I know I'm a new wineskin. I know I'm a vessel of God. Jesus Christ is my Lord. I want you to stand up for the Lord right now. I want you to lift up your hands to God, and I want you to ask the Lord to begin to minister to you, not to anybody else, but right now to you. This is your moment to say, Lord, I'm asking you to wash me. I'm asking you to anoint me with fresh oil, and I'm asking you to fill me up this morning with a fresh anointing of that new wine. Until it flows out of me in praise and thanksgiving and worship, it changes my attitudes. And Lord, I best just become pliable to you. Come on, just lift your voices up to God right now. All over this house. Jesus said, if you're thirsty, come and drink. Come on, you got to just, if you're thirsty for this, you got to drink. You see, God will not pour into us anything until we take the lid off. You have to be open. God won't force this new wine into us but he makes it available to us. If we'll drink it in, he'll pour it into us right now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. How many in here have been filled with the Holy Spirit and have a prayer language and you can pray in tongues? Lift up your hands to God. Amen. Listen, it's okay if we pray in the Spirit as a group. So, so just begin to just, right there, right there, just begin to pray in the Spirit. Begin to worship God. Come on, you do it. Just worship God. This is Sunday morning. This, this is the time to worship the Lord. This is the time to pray up out of your spirit. Let that, let, that, let that anointing of God just begin to flow up out of your spirit and worship God. If you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit, just ask God to fill you right now. Just ask God to pour His new wine into you right now. And just open your mouth begin to praise Him. Praise Him with the Spirit. Praise Him with your understanding. Worship Him. Magnify Him. Glorify Him. Glory to God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Come on, magnify and glorify. Exalt his name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now say this after me. Lord Jesus, I confess before all that you are my Lord. I'm your wineskin. And I believe today that you wash me and purge me from all things that would hinder my life. And I receive the cleansing power 
of your word working in my life. And I thank you, Lord, this day, I believe you now to anoint me with the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I receive you being rubbed into me, making me pliable, yielded, flexible, and surrendered to the hand of God. And this day, Lord, I ask you to fill me up with the new wine of the Holy Spirit, that the power of God, the power of your life, the power of your love, the power of your goodness, the power of your grace will flow out of me and be poured out to others, that lives can be changed, hearts can be touched, and you will be glorified. I thank you, Lord, for doing a mighty work in my life so you can do a mighty work through my life and make me a blessing. I receive it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give him praise. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.